What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day from Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And I have a public service announcement for all you listeners out there. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground in 2018, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other places people like to listen? Also, where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start to join. Oh, one thing, you can record your episode from your phone or computer. So again, go to anchor.fm slash start to join. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. Gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sports Wave with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's Golden Boy, Dre Day. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is episode 291. Episode 291 of Sports Wave with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. This episode here, we're going to do a little MLB talk. Well, not really MLB talk. It's really more so about my Yankees. Uh, a historic affair happened Wednesday night that, you know, I would like to speak on Uh the fourth in our history, for that matter, that I would like to speak on. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to also throw in some little NBA talk. Not too much. I want to dive on uh, uh, some of the talks that's been going around as it pertains to Draymond. Uh, Bradley Beal going to Phoenix, among other shit. Um and of course, you know, I'm going to do some WNBA talk. And there's something else with, within the WNBA that I want to speak on that's really irking my nerves. And I've been wanting to speak about it for a while, but I'm going to speak about it on here. 
it may ruffle some feathers, but I really don't give a damn because, you know, I have to be me. I'm the hood's ESPN, so I have to, you know, give that real talk. So first, let's dive into some MLB, and that would be uh, congratulations to Yankees pitcher Domingo Roman, who pitched a perfect game yesterday with my New York Yankees. Uh, we had defeated the Oakland Athletics, uh, put a spanking on them for that matter, 11 to zip, and Domingo Roman made history as the fourth Yankee in history to pitch a perfect game. Now, three of these perfect games I have been able to witness, okay? The first one, Don Lawson, obviously, I was not even thought of when that perfect game took place. Hell, I don't even think, well, I know for a fact, my mother probably wasn't even born when that perfect game was taking place. But the other three, I was. David Wells against the Minnesota Twins in 98, if I'm not mistaken. Coney in 1999, I witnessed that one. And the crazy thing is, like, I can tell you exactly where I was when these, when these things took place. When David Wells pitched his perfect game, I was in my garden in East New York. If anybody knows Green Jim's garden, that's where I was at. Just so happened playing baseball with my brother and my boys. And come to find out, you know, the local store that was up the block, Yankee fan. We heard him yelling. So we leave the garden to go find out what he was yelling for. He said, David Wells pitched the perfect game. So, of course, us that were there, that were Yankee fans, you know, of course, we, you know, got excited and was happy for him. Go back in the garden to play baseball. David Wells, I mean, David Cohen's perfect game. I was at Red Lobster with my mother and my Aunt Cheryl, R.I.P. Auntie. And uh, just so happens where we were sitting, you know, was close to the bar. I was able to watch David Cohn make his historic perfect game against the then Montreal Expos, okay? And then now this one. Uh, I made it home just in time because I was getting alerts while I was on my way home from work. Uh, I think I started getting the alerts within, I think, the fifth inning. I started getting alerts, and I made it home for the bottom of the eighth. So I was able to see what he did at the bottom of the eighth. And then obviously I was able to see the final three outs. I'm very much happy for him because he's had a rocky road these past few years. Uh, we all know about the, you know, suspension a few years ago for domestic violence on his wife or girlfriend. I don't know what she is to him now, but we all remember the suspension that he sustained. Uh, he's been having trouble with being consistent, whether it's close to not being in the rotation, to possibly getting release, uh, to possibly being 
moved to the bullpen. He's been having his struggles this season, to say the least. Uh, look, he's got a 5-5 five and five record this year, okay? He has a 4-5, he has, he has a 4.54 ERA, okay? So he's had his struggle. He's had his struggles this season. If I'm not mistaken, he was suspended this season as well. I think he got kicked out of a game against the Blue Jays. Uh, Y'all know when they um, have the pitchers get checked uh, after they pitch to see if they have any illegal substance or whatnot. I think he had got suspended for that as well this season. I think it was about a, a light five ten game suspension or some shit like that. So he's had a bad he's he's had an up and down season so far to say the least. And for him to pull this off, and I remember him being interviewed by Meredith Marakovich. Hopefully I said the last name right. If anybody's familiar with the Yes Network, which is the Yankees network for that matter, um I believe his uncle had passed away I think Tuesday, either Monday or Tuesday, his uncle had passed away. And for him to be able to garner all that strength and to get on that mound on Wednesday and be a part of history, you can't be more proud of him. Uh, will this turn his season around? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But I will say that I'm very much happy for him. Um, congratulations to Domingo Herman again. Um again, it's the fourth in Yankee history. It's the twenty-fourth in total. I believe it's the first since I think shoot. I'm trying to think when was the last the last perfect game. Because there've been no hitters. There's there've been no hitters, but as far as perfect games, it's been a while for a perfect game. For those that don't know the difference. A perfect game is no hits and no walks. That means no base on balls. That means a player, that means an opposing batter was not on the base at all. Okay? That's a perfect game. A no hitter is when a player walks and then is on base. So the no hitter is no longer, the perfect game is no longer in effect. And then you can now potentially get a no hitter. But he's also the first Dominican to throw a perfect game. I didn't know that either. So a lot of history was made with his perfect game. Um, very much proud of him. Very much proud of him. I liked how, you know, the players embraced him afterwards, which is expected. Um, I also like the fact that how after the game, him being interviewed, he made it his business. He made it his due diligence to not only soak in the moment for himself, but to soak it in with the team. Uh, sometimes pitchers get these perfect games and you only see them with the ball or you only see them in the catcher with the ball. He made it his business to make sure that all his teammates was in these pitches, taking pitches with him. Now, of course, he had some with him and Higgs who was the catcher, who just so happened to also be the catcher for the no-hitter a few years ago that Kluber had pitched for the Yankees. So he's made history as well. But again, to Herman, he made it his business to make sure that the catchers 
I mean, that his teammates were also a part of this historic moment. So congratulations to him for that on that matter. Will it turn my Yankee season around? Probably not. You know, Judge is still hurt. There's still no timetable on his return. Um, I believe right now we are in third place in the division. Shit, we got a good four and a half games behind Baltimore. A lot of ground to catch up on. So if the playoffs started today, we would we would for sure not be in the playoffs. But uh, let's see what happens. You know, let's see what happens. But congratulations to Domingo Human on his perfect game. And uh, hopefully he continues to have, hopefully this turns his season around and, you know, it brings more, more wins for him when he's on the pitcher's mound for the Yankees. Now let's get to some NBA. <sighs> San Antonio did it. I mean, San Antonio, I mean, listen, the Spurs, for those of y'all that don't know, I am a Spurs fan. Have been since Tim Duncan was there. Okay? So this is not some bandwagon type shit here. I've been a Spurs fan for quite some time now. Obviously, when, you know, obviously it's been growing pain, so it's not nothing to really rep about. It's nothing to really brag about. But uh, having the number one overall pick, that's something to brag about, especially when you know who it is that you're going to draft. I cannot pronounce his last name. I'm, I'm going to keep trying after I'm done with this. I'm just going to say Victor, which is fitting because my middle name is Victor. So I'm liking this. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this kid more and more. But uh, we all knew that he was going to be the number one pick. It was just a matter of which team drafts him. And it just so happened San Antonio wound up being the team to draft him. Now, of course, you're going to have those out there that say, oh, it was rigged for San Antonio to get it. And this, that, and the third. Whatever, whatever. They got it. Get over it. Tough titty. It is what it is. I'm liking how the OGs of the Spurs have embraced him. Uh, I just seen a recent picture of Sam Elliott, Ginobili, David Robinson, and Vic in this one picture. I felt it was one person that was missing in that picture, and that would be Tony Parker. But I digress. They're both Frenchmen. So I'm quite sure Tony Parker has had some conversations with him already. He probably had conversations with him before the draft. So I don't want to think too much into it. Um, one of my boys was like, oh, because he's not, he's not a spur no more. I said, listen, he's a spur forever. Don't get it twisted. Just cause he had that one little stint in Charlotte doesn't mean he ain't a spur for life because that's complete bullshit. But, uh, I'm sure Tony Parker's had his conversations with him here and there. And, uh, let's see what happens. Like, let, let, let's see what happens with Victor in San Antonio because, it was also reported that Coach Pop is going to be around for three more years. I was a little hesitant, you know. I think we all have been because I think I think for the most part, um, Coach Pop has said for years that when Duncan leaves, he leaves. 
Well, Duncan's been gone for quite some time, and you've still been coaching. Uh, obviously, he's hit some growing pains, not that much success as of late. But who knows? That all can change with Victor now being with San Antonio. Only time will tell. But I will say this. I think they're doing the right thing with monitoring his career at this point. It was reported immediately after the NBA draft that he will not play alongside his fellow Frenchmen in the World Cup. So they already scratched that out. He wants to be fully committed into getting ready for his rookie campaign with the Spurs. I've said this on a recent episode, probably my last episode I said this. When the summer league starts, I think Vic should only play one game. And I don't even think he should play the whole game. I think he should only play 10 minutes. Give them a sample size. We don't need to risk any type of injury to this young man. We all saw what happened to Chit Holmgren last year in the summer league. I think he played, what, three games, got hurt, and was done for the rest of the season. We don't need that to happen to Vic. And with his height, which I believe, I think he's 7'3", seven, 7'4", seven, that's generational talent right there. You don't want to risk him getting hurt, and you definitely don't want to risk him having a long-term injury. But the reason why I'm not really concerned that much is because of the franchise he's drafted to, which is the San Antonio Spurs. So I'm not... Concerned to say the least. I'm quite sure they're monitoring him the best way possible. So only time would tell as it pertains to seeing what happens with him in the future. There was two trades that happened recently. One of them I quite understand. One of them I can't understand through the life of me. Let's get to the first one, and that would be Bradley Beal going to the Phoenix Suns. Do I like the move? Yeah, I like the move. You know, that gives them a extra piece for Phoenix. Because I think it's very well clear that I think this offseason, they're probably going to move DeAndre Aiding. So I guess you could say the big three in Phoenix will now be Booker, KD, and Bradley Bill. But see, here's the curse with that. It looks good on paper. Yes, it does. It looks absolutely good on paper. But see, here's the thing. Who they going to stop on defense? Because now you have three players that don't play no defense. We already know Devin Booker don't play no defense. Contrary to what people like to think, where they like to call him the next Kobe or he's Kobe-esque and all this bullshit. No, he's not. Because in order for you to be the next Kobe, you got to be able to play some defense. Because last I checked, that black the black mama played defense very well. Made multiple all-defensive teams. I don't recall Devin Booker ever making one. KD, he could play some defense here and there. I mean, he ain't no shutdown defender. But of course, you know, his length might make it difficult for somebody that probably drives to the lane or some shit like that. But I don't really view him as a, 
a shutdown defender. And we already know Bradley Bill don't play no damn defense. You know? So, okay, yeah, you're going to score all these points, but who you going to stop? So, yeah, with this trade, that probably makes Phoenix a top three, top four team in the West. You know, I'm not going to disrespect Denver like that. They're, they're number one, obviously. Uh, I mean, depending on what happens with Draymond, I would still put Golden State as one of the top teams in the West. A healthy Laker team, I would still put them, you know, a top team in the West. And then, yeah, you'll probably throw in, I guess you could throw Phoenix in there. Um, yeah. Obviously, Memphis ain't going to be a top team because we already know John Morant going to be out for quite some time. So, nope. I'm trying to think what other team in the West could really... Oh, the Clippers, who knows? You know, we're hearing some... You know, we're hearing rumblings right now that a lot of people in the front office are not pleased with Kawhi and Paul George at this point. Shit, I seen a clip where Jerry West was on Paul George's podcast and basically called them out for being hurt so much. To have the logo show up on your podcast and basically call you out for not playing so much because you injury prone. Shit. I don't know. If that don't tell you something, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And with Kawhi, we already know his situation. He's he, he's very injury prone. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. But uh, we going to see. We definitely going to see. But that other trade that I want to speak about, Chris Paul and the Warriors, I'm sure nobody expected that shit. Now, when he got traded to Washington, we all knew eventually he might potentially get bought out. Because Chris Paul is at this stage now where he's not trying to be on a team that's rebuilding. He's trying to be on a team that's trying to get a championship. I thought he would get bought out, and I initially thought, okay, he's going to get brought out, and he's going to wind up in L.A. That was my initial reaction. To then get an alert on my phone that he was traded to the Los Angeles, I mean, to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole, whoo, I don't think anybody expected that shit. Because now I'm saying to myself, what are you going to do there? What do they need you for? What you gonna put him at the point? Put Steph at the two? Put Clay at the three? Put Wiggins at the four? And then for all intended purposes, if Draymond stays, which I think he will, you're gonna put him at the five? And then, again, let's keep it all the way funky. How many games is Chris Paul gonna play? Because we all know he's injury prone. Very much. So you give away Joy and Poole, who, for me, I'm not the biggest fan of Jordan Poole anyway. Um, but to give him up for a player that's up to in age, injury prone. Please explain to me why that trade makes sense to y'all. I don't get it. Does that trade happen if Bob Myers was still the GM? Because this move has happened immediately after he left. Mike Dunleavy Jr. became the general manager. So this move came into play immediately after Bob Myers left. 
Warrior fans, tell me how y'all feel about this. Because me personally, I don't understand the move. I don't get it. I don't understand this move for the life of me. So maybe somebody can help me with this because I really don't get it. I truly don't get it. I'm trying to think, is there anything else in the NBA? This oh, yeah, Dame. Dame Dollar. Is he going to stay in Portland? Is he going to leave? Is he going to play with Scoot? Is he going to leave? Listen, at this point, I'm about tired of all this Dame talk. Now, we all know how great of a player he is. Yes, he's great, no doubt. But we've been saying for years it was about time for him to leave. Listen, when they traded C.J. McCullough to New Orleans, that following season, they should have tried to trade Dame. But see, here's the thing. When you offer that bag, and it's an offer you can't refuse, you're going to take the money. And that's what Dame did. I think they offered him like 200 and something mil. That's a lot of money to turn down. A lot of money to turn down. Because let's be real. Nobody's going to Portland in free agency. There's no big time free agents that's going to say, you know what? Let me go to Portland. I don't see that happening. So I think at this point, Dame should leave. He should go to their front office and say, yo, I want to get traded. But I think this is what's going to happen. This is just my honest opinion. I think Dame is going to wait and see what Portland does this offseason. Because free agency starts on Friday. Okay? I think he's going to wait and see what happens. Because I also heard something a little birdie told me that Draymond actually had dinner with Dame in Portland earlier this week. So does Draymond potentially go to Portland? Me personally, I do not see him leaving Golden State. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't. Because let's let's do the hypothetical. Let's say he does leave Golden State. If he leaves Golden State, this takes them out the championship pitcher quick, fast, in a hurry. Because, okay, granted, he may not score buckets like Stephen Clay, but just what he does on the court from a leadership standpoint, Golden State lose that if he leaves. I don't think Steph and Clay can hold that burden, can, can can hold that team down from an emotional standpoint if Draymond is not there. I just don't see it. So let's do the hypothetical. Let's say Dame does go to Portland. That's if they even have the money for him. Okay? We gotta factor that in. It was also some rumbling saying that he may go to Sacramento. Who knows? Listen, free agency is going to be very interesting. We're going to see what happens with James Harden. Does he stay in Philly? Does he go somewhere else? Who knows who cares with him at this point? Because me, quite frankly, I really don't give a damn. He's overrated. We all know it. He puts up all these great numbers in the regular season. But once postseason time come, we know what's going to happen. He's going to choke. And it has happened multiple seasons. Multiple seasons. I've lost count. 
But we are going to see what happens this off season. Free agency starts the 30th. I think it starts at 3 if I'm not mistaken. And they picked the best day of the week to do it too, Friday. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in free agency this year. We are going to see. Now let's get to some WNBA talk. Y'all know I can't do these episodes without speaking about my girls. The 2023 All-Star Game is going down Saturday, July 15th. July 15th, it is going D-O-W-N down. The starters have all been announced. Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart, once again, are team captains. I believe they both were respected captains last year, and they are both captains again this year so obviously they're going to do it like the nba where they're going to take it to street ball at least from as far as picking your teams it's not east versus west the captains pick their teams and the starters have been announced so the starters are obviously asia wilson and brianna stewart we have Araki. i cannot pronounce her last name She's from the Dallas Wings. She gets busy on the court. She gets busy on the basketball court. She wears 24, repping the Black Mamba. I can't pronounce her last name, so I don't want to muffle it, but she gets busy on the basketball court, okay? Neka Awumake is also a starter. Chelsea Gray is also a starter. Satu Sabali also from the Dallas Wings, is a starter. Jackie Young is also a starter. BG, Brittany Griner, welcome home, is a starter. And rookie sensation, Aaliyah Boston from the Indiana Fever is a starter. Listen, let's just give her the Rookie of the Year award now. Let's stop bullshitting. Let's stop making it seem like it's a race for Rookie of the Year because it's not. She has this award already with the year that she's putting up. And you can make a case. I, I'll make a case for her. I don't think she'll win it, but you can make a case that she deserves some MVP consideration too. I don't think she'll win it, but with the season that she's having as a rookie, she deserves to get some recognition. She deserves to get some votes for the MVP. So, those are your starters for the All-Star Game. And it will be in Vegas. So, I'm very interested to see. Oh, I forgot. Joel Lloyd, the Gold Mamba. I forgot all about her. She's a stud as well. She's a bad girl on that basketball court. She is a problem on that basketball court. And it's unfortunate that she's doing everything she can for that Seattle Storm team. Remember, Stewie's not there no more. She plays for the Liberty. Sue Bird retired. So now the big three is over. So now it's only Joy Lloyd. And she's doing all she can 
with that Seattle Storm team. She's doing all she can. I'm very much proud of her. I love her game. I love her game. So, again, those are the 10 starters for this year's All-Star game. I don't know when the reserves are going to be announced. But uh, I can't wait. I'm sure Chelsea Plummer's, I mean, I'm sure Kelsey Plummer's going to be one of them. Uh, I'm sure Dewana Bonnard from Connecticut is going to be one. I'm sure, what's her name? Uh, dang, dang, she just literally, I can't, I can't think of her name right now. I really can't. She plays for the Connecticut Sun. Uh, oh my God. Aisha Thomas, that's her name. The triple double machine. I know she's going to be a reserve. So it's going to be very interesting to see who the reserves are going to be this for this All-Star game. I can't wait. So once again, July 15th is going down. July 15th, it is going down for the All-Star game. It's unfortunate that I worked that weekend. I think the last three All-Star, I think the last three or two All-Star games, it happened on my weekend off. Unfortunately, this weekend, well, that weekend I would have to work. So I won't be able to tune into that game, which is very much unfortunate. And I'm not too thrilled about that, but I will get through it. Make no mistake about it. And I just can't wait. I can't wait. But, uh, listen, my WNBA Finals matchup actually happens on Thursday, which is today. So when this episode drop, which it will drop on Friday, the game will already have taken place already. We finally get to see the Las Vegas Aces and the New York Liberty throw down this season. I think this will be the first of three games. I know two of them is in Barclays, and I know one of them. I got to be there for that one. I got to be there for one of them. I've got to be there for one of them. Obviously, I can't be in the one in Vegas because I don't live in Vegas. But when it comes to the Barclays, I got to be there for one of those games. I got to be there for one of them. But, uh... Listen, with all the free with all the offseason moves that both teams made, for me, this was the clear-cut WNBA Finals prediction for this season. The Aces have only lost one game this season. They've only lost one game this season, and that was at the hands of the Connecticut Sun. The New York Liberty have lost. Three games. So both teams are doing well this season. Well, Aces are doing great. Liberty is doing good. In 13 games, they've only lost three. Very impressive. I'm looking forward to this game. It's only a sample size. Hopefully everybody plays. And we're going to see what it do, what it do. Because I'm quite sure that crowd in Vegas is definitely going to be rocking. That crowd in Vegas is definitely going to be live for that game because, again, it's a WNBA Finals potential matchup. 
So I'm very much excited to see what happens with that game. Now, before I go, there's something that I want to speak about that's really been irking my nerves as of late when it comes to the WNBA. And this is no this is no knock to the player at all. I think she I, I think she's a good player. I wish she was back in the league. But for some reason or another, for about a year and a half, she hasn't been in the league. She missed all last year, and so far this season she's missed. But the problem that I have is, it's not with her. It's these stupid fans out there that only want to see her on the court because she's a baddie. T. Cooper, I have nothing but love for you. I have nothing but respect for you. I've watched your videos on YouTube. I've watched your workout videos on your IG page. You have serious game. But my issue is, is that you have these fans out there that's on some, oh my God, we need you back in the WNBA. We need you back on the court. It's a crime that you're not in the WNBA. Is it? Because last I checked, and again, this is coming from somebody that's been watching the WNBA since its existence. The league started in 97. So I've been watching for quite some time. I ain't giving my age away, but let's just say I've been around watching this. T. Cooper has been in the WNBA. I think she made her debut in 2020, rookie campaign, with the Los Angeles Sparks, right? In her rookie campaign, okay? She only averaged about six to eight points. Six to eight points a game. That was her average. Okay? That was the 2020 campaign. Okay? She played in 20 games, started in three of them. 2021. She played in 31 games, started 13 games. She only averaged nine points a game. Okay. Slight improvement. Slight improvement. For her career, she's only averaging 8.2 points a game. She's only averaging one and a half rebounds a game. She's averaging a little over one and a half assists a game. And they need her back in the league because of what? Oh, I know why y'all fans want her back in the league. Y'all want her back in the league because she's eye candy. Y'all want her back in the league because she's a baddie, which she is. Not saying she's not. But want her back in the league for the right reasons. Not because of her looks, because of her game. Because y'all motherfuckers is acting like she's shooting out the gym. Y'all act like she putting up... Stewie and Asia Wilson type numbers, which is what she's not doing. She's far away from that. Far away from that. Okay? Do I think 
she should be in the league? Yes, I absolutely do believe she should be in the league. But we got to cut this out and make it seem like, oh, she's one of the top players in the league and it's a crime that she's not in the league. No, it would be a crime if Asia Wilson wasn't in the league. It would be a crime if Kelsey Plum wasn't in the league. It would be a crime if Skylar Diggins wasn't in the league, which she's injured and I think she's coming back very soon. It'd be a crime if they weren't in the league. See, they putting up numbers. They shooting up the gym. They getting busy on the court. Those numbers I just put you, these ain't eye-open numbers. Y'all just want her back out there because she look good. Because she hot. You see the tattoo on the thigh. You see the nice hair. That's what y'all care about. See me, I don't care about that. I care about your game. Can you produce on the basketball court? That's what I'm concerned with. And I believe she can produce. But y'all making it seem like, oh, she... Like, she's this, she, she this bad girl on the court. Like, she bad. Like, you better keep your eye on her. Yo, she bad. Like, she's showing up in the clutch. And, and it ain't that. It's not. Now, yes, she has game. I'm not saying she's a bum. I'm not saying she's a scrub. She's none of those things. But this is, but see, this is the issue that I have with the fans that the, that, like, the, these average fans of the WNBA. Y'all not fans of the game. Y'all fans for the wrong reasons. And those are the fans that we don't need in the WNBA. We need fans that are actually appreciating these women because of their game. Now, are there some that are eye candy? Absolutely. I got a list. But that's not what I care about. I care about their game. I care about your game first than I care about your beauty. Asia Wilson. Skylar Diggins. Y'all know how much I love Candace Parker. Kelsey Plum. There's plenty of them. Sabali from um the Dallas Wings. There's plenty. It's plenty. But see, those names I mentioned, yeah, they eye candy, but they games is top. Shelf, they are busting ass. And that's my issue. So it's not an issue with Tia Cooper. It's an issue with these average fit that, that these average fans. It's the issue with them. Those are the type of fans that the WNBA don't need. We need fans that are actually sitting on their couch or sitting in their chair or on their tablet, or on their laptop, watching the games, and we're focused on the game, not their beauty, we're focused on the game, those are the fans that we need, not fans that only care for eye candy, come on, what's that going to do for the WNBA, it ain't going to do a damn thing, so stop the bullshit, but listen, for all intended purposes, I hope she gets back in the league, I hope she does, I truly hope she does. I hope this is not a case of her being black blackboard. I hope it's not the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, because there's times I think she does want to play. And then there's times I think she just wants to model one IG. You understand what I'm saying? Like, she got released last year. The day before the season started, she got released by the Sparks. 
One would think, okay, she got waived. Another team would pick her up. Nobody picked her up. Nobody. Nobody. And if memory serves me correct, I think it's 12 teams in the WNBA, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's 12 teams in the WNBA. She get released by the Sparks, so that means it's 11 other teams that could be interested in you, and nobody picked you up? Crystal Dangerfield got waived, I think, a good three times last season. She got waived by one team, came back to that team, got waived again, went to another team. I'm just saying. So for these fans out there that's... In fact, I'm not even going to call them fans because they're not fans. They're not fans. You only want to tune in because she's good looking. You only care for her looks. You don't care for her game. See, I care for the game. Obviously, we know she's a baddie, but I care for her game. And y'all talking that, oh, we need you back in the league. You a baddie. We need you back in the league. Y'all doing more harm to her than actually helping her. But hey, who am I? Who am I, right? But uh, I don't want to be on this episode too much. I think I've spilt my grievances. I don't really want to dive on too much topics. I just want to shake the rust off a little bit because I think I missed a week or two of recording. So y'all already know. Once again, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Uh, y'all know y'all can find me on... Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean, Amazon Music as well. If you want to find me on social media, my Facebook handle is Dre Day. It was brought to my attention there's two Dre Days on Facebook, but the one with me, you're going to see me with a Yankee jersey on. That'll be me, okay? Uh, Instagram, Dre Day1985. And Sports Women Dre Day Podcast. I gotta, get, I, got, I gotta get active back on my podcast page. I keep saying that, but I don't post that much on there. I post everything on my private page. I need to get back to my main page. And then on Twitter, Dre Day1985. So once again, to everybody, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. Uh... In closing, y'all know how this goes. Uh, this has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 291 is done. Catch y'all on the flip side. Uh, congratulations once again to the class of 2023. All the kids that graduated, whether it was pre-K, elementary, junior high, high school, or college, congratulations and enjoy your summer. And uh, to everybody else, God bless. Be safe. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN index, an annual financial survey. Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed 
in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.